Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Welcome back to Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry. Got a number of text messages in about that statement I read from Senator Mitt Romney, uh, and I will tell you that universally they have been supportive. Uh, first one reads, Mitt is right on target. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. Let me get you up to speed. We spent some time speaking with ABC News correspondent Nez Delicatera about uh, a meeting taking place today in the White House between uh, President Donald Trump and the legislative leaders of the state of Michigan. This all uh, ahead of the certification, which is, you, you suppose, upcoming in the state of Michigan. And, you know, there's only speculation that we can consider as to what's being discussed in that uh, meeting, what is being asked of those legislators. Uh, and it is the, the statement of Mitt Romney and the assertion of Mitt Romney that, well, uh, it's not good things happening, uh, to put it uh, to put it mildly. Uh, he says, in fact, let me pull it back up here so I don't mess up the words. He says, I, it's difficult to imagine a worse, more undemocratic action by a sitting American president. Uh, and the texters uh, very much agree here, the most recent one to come through. I totally agree with Senator Romney's statement, followed up by another texter saying, I agree with Senator Romney 100 uh, percent. And the, the support goes on. How about you? What do you think? Five, seven, five, zero, zero. That's the Utah Community Credit Union text line. But that's the that's last segment. We are moving on now. And I want to look at uh, a little bit of history. You know, I spend a lot of time reading uh, the news of the past, specifically uh, newspapers published uh, decades and decades ago, sometimes uh, more than a century ago, to look at the way news was reported and to look at the goings-on of yesterday, I believe so often helps and informs uh, the decisions that we make today. I'm no good with remembering quotes, but there's something that some famous person said once about those who are not students of history are doomed to repeat it or something like that. Well, (laughs) the sentiment I understand and feel deeply, and I agree with it 100%. Anyway, so looking backwards is often, often, in my humble opinion, a good way to prepare ourselves to take on the challenges of tomorrow. Producer Amy, she found me a a clipping from the Bingham Bulletin, Utah newspaper published uh, in April of 1953. April of 1953. Were, were, were you following the news in that day? What do you remember about polio? Yeah. Polio was undergoing testing. Polio was undergoing testing, similar to what's happening right now, similar to what is happening right now with the COVID-19 vaccine emerging from Pfizer and Moderna. 
polio went through similar tests. What I want to do here is, as producer Amy and I were going through the the article here this morning, uh, almost every word written sounded so familiar uh, to things that we are hearing today. Let me let me read to you a chunk of what was written in 53, and then what I want to do is uh, go through piece by piece uh, what was experienced then and what is being said today by people like uh, Bill Gates, uh, by Steve Ellison, representative here in the state of Utah who participated in the vaccine trial. Uh, we'll also hear from the CEO of BioNTech uh, and Moderna and uh, Health and Human Services Secretary formerly, uh, Mike Levitt, former governor, all of them have said things that I swear came right from this article of 1953. It reads, let me get my newspaper reading voice ready. The biggest story in medical history is in the making, and it may become a completed story before the year is over. Just that paragraph alone. Doesn't it sound exactly like something we could hear today? The greatest, biggest story in medical history is in the making. It may become a completed story before the year is over. The story is the new polio vaccine, which recently passed its first human tests on 90 children and adults. A creamy vaccine, homogenized in mineral oil, gave all 90 persons protective antibodies against all three types of the virus that can cause human polio. However, Dr. Jonas E. Salk, who has worked on the vaccine, warns there will be no polio vaccine for general use this summer and that the great amount of work remains before the vaccine is ready for wide public use. Sound familiar? The vaccine is the result of the work of hundreds of scientists and $18 million in March of Dimes funds. Sound familiar? It is made out of all three types of polio virus, grown in test tubes and then killed or inactivated with formaldehyde. Disarmed this way, the virus cannot cause polio but can still stimulate the human body to produce antibodies, the agents to fight off invading live viruses. The article continues, three weeks after the vaccine was injected into muscles, 90 persons all had antibodies against all three types of the virus that cause human polio. They developed as many or more antibodies than if they had actually been invaded by the virus. To make sure I don't run out of time, I want you to hear the side-by-side clips of uh, this article plus what's being said today. That first paragraph, that first paragraph that read the biggest story in medical history is in the making. It may become a completed story before the year is over. Well, here's what Bill Gates is saying today. The most urgent invention in the world right now is a vaccine that prevents you from getting COVID-19. It continues. You heard that about the antibodies. In that article from 1953, looking at polio, it read, three weeks after the vaccine was injected into muscles, 90 persons all had antibodies against all three types of the virus that cause human polio. They developed many more antibodies than if they had actually been invaded by live viruses. So you got that principle? So if you contract it, uh, you get X amount of antibodies. And if you are vaccinated against it, you, <coughs> you develop X plus some antibodies. Well, uh, that sounds exactly like what Steve Ellison, representative here in the state of Utah, had to say. In this test to indicate that you had the coronavirus was a reading of 1.1 or above. My reading was 8.0. So I, I, I read that the vaccine produces antibodies that are much stronger than what the virus would produce. Sound familiar? 
I am going to play the rest of these for you here in a second, but let me share with you a thought that I had. I can't tell you how much comfort I find in stumbling upon these comparisons. Why? Well, because it means that we're not alone in having suffered through and endured something like this pandemic, you know? Ask your grandparents, ask your parents even, what was life like when Jonas Salk was developing the polio vaccine? Anyway, uh, returning back to that article, the pace, they talk about the pace and Salk weighs in. The pace of progress is fast, Dr. Salk said, but must continue step by step to make sure of this vaccine. Dr. Salk said scientists working on the vaccine want to reach their goal as quickly as they can, but it cannot be done in one day. It will be achieved, he said, if we move cautiously and with understanding step by step right now. Coming back to 2020, right now we are looking at, well, first off, we can see the light at the end of the tunnel. And that is brought into view because of the announcement by Pfizer, by Moderna, and also that partner company which teamed up with Pfizer, BioNTech. Here's the CEO speaking exactly in the same terms of Jonas Salk, but doing so today. To ensure that there is no time lost, but we will not make any shortcuts. It is extremely important that we have a full development uh, addressing all needs of pharmaceutical development uh, to guarantee that we have a safe and efficient vaccine. Back to the article of 1953, Jonas Salk, who has worked on the vaccine, warns there will be no polio vaccine for general use this summer and that a great amount of work remains. Well, how about this from the Moderna CEO today? We hope to be able to deliver up to 20 million doses of the vaccine by the end of this year, this calendar year in December, uh, and then many tens of millions of doses per month uh, during 2021. Lastly, on the theme of confidence, of learning, of enlightenment, it was said in the article, with the new enlightenment, we can move forward more rapidly and with more confidence, according to Salk. Governor Levitt today has this to say. Oh, I, I think we're all delighted and amazed. Vaccine development is measured in years, not months. And it typically can be four, five, six years. Doing it in eight months is a tribute to science, commitment, huge investment, not just here, but around the world. So what's the takeaway? What do we learn here? We learn that, especially in this time of year when we are so accustomed to getting together with family, where loneliness and being alone is nothing that you could have ever imagined at this time of year. And think back six, seven months that Thanksgiving was going to get canceled. Not a chance. Not a chance. And yet here we are. Here we are in this circumstance. It's going to be easy. It's going to be easy to feel sorry for ourselves. I, I Listen, I'm not lecturing because I'm talking to myself right now. I have felt this uh, loneliness. I have felt uh, the despair that comes from not being able to adhere to the plans uh, which were going to put me hugging my mother, introducing baby Piper to family members she has yet to meet. Well, I take comfort in knowing that I'm not on this path alone, that many humans, Americans, have been down this road before. And how'd they emerge? Successfully. Polio's been beaten. We'll beat the coronavirus. Quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk about isolation on an island. Can you imagine a group of people working for months and months and months without even knowing the coronavirus was going around? Well, they're back on the mainland now. We'll hear from them next on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new Season 3, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. 
Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts.